about money and finances and the kingdom. God bless you. But do watch European Cup next Saturday night. If you want to see value for money, one of the best teams in Europe will be on display. And you'll never need to walk alone again. Can you feel the spirit? It's Pentecost Sunday. It's Pentecost Sunday. I hope I didn't offend anybody. And uh, if I did, uh, what did they say? Tough? Is that what they say over here? So guys, it's Pentecost Sunday. I'm delighted to be speaking. And uh, yeah, I want to speak on living the kingdom story this morning. I hope it refreshes you. I hope it revives you. I hope it uh, opens up your heart to more of what Jesus is doing here in this town and also among us as a community of faith, wherever we go. Uh, last June 2017, on the 10th of June, we launched our first project called Give It Aided on Gannon. And it was just one, one day, but many schools, and we did sports arena and areas and agencies, they received fresh coats of paint and a, a sensory garden, which was probably my favorite, uh, was designed and delivered on the same day. Well, there was probably a bit of planning in, in before that, but it was designed and it was delivered all on the same day. I'd love that our volunteers were going to do Dungannon Care Home. Road signs were cleaned and made visible for visitors coming to Dungannon. And uh, we had so much fun and received so many notes of thank you and, and stories after that. In fact, I was at a meeting with an uh, organization called Live Here, Love Here. And uh, it was kind of in one way humbling and embarrassing. You know that talk in, in, or that letter in Philippians where Paul's writing to the Philippian church and he says, be humble. And then in the next breath it says, you'll shine like stars. Humility and shining like stars seems like a paradox in our culture that we'd be humble people and then, yet who wants to shine like a star? But I just thought it was good that God's glory was on display and, and people and person after person would come up, up to me after this small gathering and they would say, thank you for painting our fence last year, I'm a teacher. Thank you for whatever. And we just got lots and lots of thank yous. And this is nearly a year on that the stories were coming in. And so we thought on the 9th of July, 2018, we would do it all again. June. June, <laughs> Nathan, I mean, who's in the backs? And, but that's a post that's an important one because you all show up on July and nobody's here in June. So I want to see another wave of volunteers released and all manner of paintbrushes, litter pickers and streamers at hand to help both institutions and also individuals in our community. Uh, we believe that Give It Aid and Gannon has the potential, we really do believe it has the potential to bring hope to hundreds of lives through just a a practical demonstration of the love and our core belief that things can be better, that God is making all things new. And this is just a, just a, a micro of what it looks like, a micro of, of what we can do. And so I'll talk at the end of this conversation how you can sign up and be part of that year. But I thought we would talk about the why because you've got to know why we do it. And why we do it is not just because you're so good. You're good people. You are good people. But that's not the reason why we do it, right? The reason why, oh, look at that handsome boy there. Well, the reason why we do it is not just because you're, you're nice people, and we're nice people. In fact, we're very nice people, aren't we? Oh, yeah. But that's not the reason why we do it. That's not the reason why we do it. We do it because something has invaded our town. Something and someone invaded this world, and someone invaded our hearts. And there's a direct, a direct response of what's going on in the inside of us that's just coming out in all manners of ways, practically, spiritually, emotionally. And it's just so good. And it's called 
the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God. I want to talk about one of my favorite subjects this morning, living the kingdom story. I want to talk about the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God. Kingdom of God was, why we should talk about it, it's because it's Jesus' central theme. It was his mission, it was his practice, it was his words, and it was his works during his earthly mission here on earth. And you want to see from the, I told you one of my favorite uh, uh, portions of scripture is found in Mark 1.15. Repent, change the way that you think for the kingdom of heaven has come. That one verse alone changes the dynamic of everything, everywhere, and everyone. It's powerful that there's a new reign in town. And then right through the parables in Matthew 13 and concluding as Jesus ascends into the heavens in Acts 1-3, he leaves them with this final thing about the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God. And it's used in the Gospels alone 126 times. You can do a word count. Anybody's into word searches or word counts? You can do that and you'll find 126 phrases that uh, pertain to the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God as, as, um, or the kingdom of heaven as Matthew likes to um, coin it. Yet despite the predominant theme and many of us fail to realize just how important this subject is this theme is this teaching is and it's because mostly because of lack of teaching in our church or confusion about the meaning for instance the kingdom of god is has often been mistakenly uh, equated with heaven it's not a good thing it's not heaven it's it's not that at all because if we conclude that it's just about about heaven then we, we it's just something nice for the future something nice for the future but but we've missed, we've missed stuff, we've missed seeing that we have much responsibility. See, if, you're, if you're, all your theology is, is geared up to dying and going to, to heaven, then you have little responsibility, actually no responsibility, because I don't know about you, but I don't know when I'm going to die, but I do know how I'm going to live. And so therefore, that's really the message of the kingdom of heaven. None of us know when we're going to die, but all of us know how we should live. And we should live with this one phrase, your kingdom come, your will be done here on earth. And so if it isn't heaven, then we have responsibility to make all things new. Every day, everywhere, every one of us has responsibility as citizens of this kingdom. So all this talk of kingdom begs a question, and it always does. What is the kingdom? So we've come up with an answer here in the vineyard, or at least I have, and paraphrased it from... Uh, Guys like George Eldon Ladd, George, John Wimber, and uh, Dallas Willard. The kingdom of God is any place over which God has operative dominion. Wherever he operates. The domain of Jesus, his rule, and his reign. And uh, we, we might look at it uh, in geography. Um, yeah, in a geographical way that it's very hard for us. It's not the right definition, but we would say uh, a realm or a, a dominion is like... Um, not to get political, but Northern Ireland, Great Britain, Great Britain, that's, that's a dominion, it's a kingdom, United Kingdom, there you go, I'm bright, right? But the kingdom of God is any place which God operates, it's a dynamic rule and reign, it's the dunamis power, it's a basileia is the Greek word, it's a dunamis power of God, it's a powerful expression of this kingdom reign here on earth. And when Jesus came, he said, repent, change the way that you think. There's a new government in town. There's a new way to think. There's a new way to live because the kingdom of heaven has come upon you. The kingdom of heaven is here and all things are becoming new. The kingdom is where the king is reigning. It's where he's reigning, his rule and his reign. So if Jesus is reigning as king in your life, guess what? That's why the Bible says the kingdom of God is within you. 
If you're seeing supernatural signs and wonders, if you're seeing a power demonstration of the kingdom because it forces back enemy lines, it's his rule and its reign, and it's changing, and it's taking authority here on earth because it's powerful, it's dunamis, it's dynamic, right? That's why when Jesus shows up, demons don't like it. They say, hey, why if you come, we could do without you today, right? And people get upset because it's not just a matter of talk or, or words, it's, it's power, as Paul writes to the Corinthian church, he says, it's not a matter of wise or persuasive words. This, this kingdom is a dynamic power, and it changes things. It pushes back the enemy. It, it cures cancer and heals the sick and, and sets lives free and brings the lonely in the families. It clothes the naked and feeds the poor. It is all-encompassing what heaven should look like here on earth. Does that make sense to you? And so it's within you. Of course it's within you. It's, it's also kind of confusing because it's present and it's not yet. And that means the kingdom is often referred to as being both. It's here, but it's not here, meaning that the reign of God is currently active. But one day, listen to this. This is a great end of the story. One day it will culminate in the full expression of his reign. And I want you to sort of get excited in your heart this morning. If God, the Holy Spirit, can do that on Pentecost Sunday, he can, uh, he can do that. I believe he can. And I hope that he does that this morning. You would get excited and imaginative about the full expression of his reign. That day will be... The day when the kingdom of our world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ. And he will reign forever and ever. That's a great ending to a beautiful story, isn't it? Wow, that's a great ending to a beautiful story. See, we, uh, we get so distracted as followers of Jesus. Romans 12, 1, 2 says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's Mercy to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this word, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to prove or test and approve what God's will is. It's good. It's pleasing. And it's perfect will. And so therefore, I would conclude out of that that it's natural for the follower of Christ to be frustrated when they don't see the impossible become possible. When they don't see the will of God transferred into where we live and how we live. When there is a disconnect, then we have a wholly frustrated church. At least I think we should be. I think you should be frustrated when you see Syria, when you see uh, all manners of uh, injustice. I think there should be a, a righteous anger within us. See, it's okay to be anger, anger, right? And it's okay as a follower of Jesus Christ to hate. I hate some things. I hate the dysfunction of family. I hate sickness and disease. I hate cancer. I hate what's going on in Syria. I hate what's going on in Israel and Palestine. I hate those things. I hate those things. There is a frustration within me because I am born again to see the kingdom of heaven here, near, and far. So it's natural for us to be frustrated. It's unnatural for the follower of Jesus Christ not to have any appetite for the impossible. Did you know that? If you have no appetite for the impossible, guys, you're missing something. You, you, need, to, you need to steep your heart in the God story. You need to steep your heart in the kingdom story because when your heart is steeped in the kingdom story, there's a hunger, there's an appetite, there's a lust for all things to become new. And for God to show up. I think what keeps many followers of Jesus, in fact, just people in general stuck in a moment, is the big question, what on earth am I here for? What on earth am I here for? Am I just ticking a box? Am I just here on earth just wasting out time and waiting for the end? I mean, followers of Jesus Christ frustrated, stuck wanting to know what God's will is for their life all the time, all the time. Have you been there? Are you there? Passionately pursuing God's and just getting frustrated and, and seem to be going around in circles. 
See, again, the problem is that so many people get stuck in finding God's will. We, we use the cliche in Christian language, but it's fuzzy and it's muddled for so many people. See, Romans 12, 1, 2, you think you'd find, you think it'd be easy to find God's good and perfect, pleasing will. And I want to tell you, it is easy to find God's good and perfect, pleasing will for your life. Is that good news? No, maybe, not sure. Can we just calm down a little bit this morning? You're, you're, you're buzzing, as Michelle says. You're all buzzing in here. So just, just relax. Let's not get too hyper. Let's take it down a notch. Okay, we're, we are the vineyard. We, we don't do hype. I understand that. But, it, but in, this, in the other sense of it, if you do feel like getting involved in the conversation, please let yourself go wild. The will of God is a lot simpler and it's a lot clearer than we can imagine. Jesus said in Matthew 6, there was a, a prayer revolution last night. It happened all over the country called Thy Kingdom Come. Anybody watch the royal wedding yesterday? What a preach. Did you hear the guy preach? And somebody actually commented, I kid you not, they were describing to their mother who was into the detail of the, of the wedding because she had missed it because she'd gone to the agricultural show in Down Royal. No. Where? Balmoral. Balmoral. It's full of cultures in this room, isn't it? <laughs> and, and, and she said to her daughter, what was the dress like? And the daughter said, forget the dress. The preaching was brilliant. She says, what was it like? She says, I've got to say it. It's just like Jason in the vineyard. <laughs> They're not my words, but the words that came from the mouth of babes. And we know that the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as some of these. So you take that for what it's worth. What was I talking about? Oh, yeah, 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 kingdom come. So the guy that was preaching the wedding, he actually went with Justin Welby to uh, Albans, St. Albans Cathedral last night, and they, they prayed and preached, and people came to faith in Jesus. I'm sure they did. And the same in the beautiful city of Belfast. Thousands came across all denominations and all streams to say, your kingdom come, your will be done here on earth. And it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And I'm sure we'll see the result of that and the fruit of that weeks, days, months, and years that lie ahead in our beautiful country. But we were, we were taught to pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth, as it is in heaven. That's what it is. So we at the vineyard, why we do things that give a day to Dungan, we have been called to do one thing. Just one thing, the will of the Father. In fact, let me give you something that might just upset a lot of people. Well, I don't think it'll upset, upset anybody in this room, but the millions of people that are listening online right now. <laughs> Guys, you get a lot of choice in your life. You get to choose what you want to do. You get to choose tomorrow, not tomorrow, to parent, not to parent. You get to choose where you want to work, where you want to live. And that's all choice. You see, the thing about the kingdom of God, people look at the kingdom of God and the will of God and they think, I've got no choice. And of course you've got choice. The only choice that you don't have is that you put on display the will of the Father. And the rest of it you get to choose. So you want to be a doctor? Yes, be a doctor. But pray for the sick, heal the sick, cast out demons, feed the poor. The kingdom of God has come among you. You get to do that, and then you get to choose everything else. If you want to be, um, I don't know, professional footballer, I had to lay it down for the sake of the ministry, I'm just saying. But if you want to do that, then you get to do that. But just pray for the sick and cast out demons and feed the poor and clothe the naked and visit those who need visiting. That's the kingdom of God. Do you understand that there's so much choice in life that the only choice that we don't have is that we get to display the kingdom of God here on earth? You should feel excited about that this morning. That should set a lot of you free from your, from your burdens of what am I called to do? What do I want to do? Guys, do what you want to do. Just pray for the sick, cast out demons, bring the kingdom of heaven to earth, and then just do whatever you want to do. 
Do you see what I mean? I have a Pentecostal background. I bring a Pentecostal anointing here on Pentecost Sunday this morning. So what is the work? What does the kingdom work look like? Your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. As I read that, this is what happens in my heart. We are both the arrow and the target of this prayer. Does that make sense? We're both the arrow and the target. We release the prayer and we become the target. We become that which we've prayed for. We, we partner with God to bring heaven to, to earth. He wouldn't have told us to pray, kingdom come, will be done. It's a, it's a participating prayer. It's a, an action prayer. It's the warrior's prayer. Jesus, the warrior God, he is the God who taught us to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done. It's an active prayer. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a warfare prayer. It's, an, it's a very, 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 very partnership prayer. We, we, we shoot the arrow and we become the target. We shoot the arrow and we become the target. We launch a prayer and we become the recipients or the activity of that prayer here on earth. You excited about that? If your faith is born, your faith is dull, then you need to just pray a little more, your kingdom come, and realize that you're not just the one who's praying, but you're the one who is going to reciprocate from that. Vineyard, anytime we, uh, we are involved in making this world more effective or reflective, I should say, Anytime we make the world more reflective of the place that God's will is and where it is, we ultimately are making and seeing the kingdom come. We, we make the kingdom come. You might say, you can't do that, Jason. Yes, I can. We can trigger the kingdom. We can display acts of God's generosity here on earth. We can be participants of the divine here on earth when we feed the hungry, when we clothe the naked. We don't do it because we're good people. We do it because we're demonstrating God's presence here on earth. We're, we're reflecting what heaven looks like here on earth. It's just a mirror of heaven here on earth. And we don't see it fully, but one day we will see it in all its entirety. But right here, right now, our responsibility is to bring the kingdom come here, near, and far. Are you up for that? Yes. Thank you. We're involved in a kingdom work. Uh, I've been out a few times or a couple of times. I'm exaggerating. A couple of times I've been out to Cali Warehouse and um, I'm reminded that this story of the kingdom creates, it creates a thicker story. It creates a space for those who are not yet children of the kingdom of God to come. And why am I saying that? Because sometimes I get frustrated. You see, when I'm in a warehouse, uh, I'm frustrated when I'm working alongside what, what, what some people with classes, um, please forgive me, liberals or... Uh, yeah, or hippies even. Uh, 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 and they don't have a God story as yet. They don't have the Jesus factor, but they have the compassion. They, 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 see, they see stuff and they, they, they act upon it. And I get frustrated and I'm thinking, where is the church? It's our responsibility. It's, a, it's us who's called to, to demonstrate to be the arrow and the target. We are the ones to, to reflect heaven here on earth. We're, we're the mirror of what it looks like in heaven. And yet so often we rather criticize than create. I don't want to be a church that criticizes. In fact, let's not criticize church. Don't criticize your council. Don't criticize your town. Don't criticize your streets. Actually, it takes the same energy, if not more, to criticize than it does to create and make something beautiful. And so I want to encourage you in that. But, but what, what, what's happening there, you see, this, these, these people are, are, are brought into the story. When you see people that don't know Jesus and they're engaged in kingdom activity, I want to say that they are engaged in kingdom activity, in the kingdom of work through medicine, through teaching, through peacemaking, through orphan adoption, through drought relief, through um, AIDS, uh, HIV, through uh, clean water, um, and, and all the things, and on and on and on and on. See, 
things, what's happening in that life is things are not the way they're supposed to be. That something is broken. Are you with me? Come on, are you with me? Please, just respond. And then, you know, what do they do? Sort of like if you're in a coma or something, just like put your... Pre- just press a person's hand beside you. Take your hand and just give them a wee squeeze and say, I am here. Or, or let's all hold hands and contact the living. Can we do that? N.T. Wright... In his book, Simply Christian, he refers to the awareness, I love this, as echoes of the voice of God that remind every person that something is broken and flawed. That's what we do. We echo heaven. We are the echo of heaven. Isn't that beautiful language? That we echo heaven, that something is something that was beautiful has now become broken. Something that was meant to be perfect has now become flawed. And we are the people that echo. And all of humanity understands that. There's a neck in their heart to see things made right. There's a neck in their heart to see a cure for cancer. There's a neck in their heart to see uh, the environment become better and healthier. There's a neck in their heart. They see the brokenness. And do you know what that is? It is because Ecclesiastes, the writer tells us that eternity is written in the heart of humanity. There's something in the DNA of human beings that they know that things are broken, that things aren't right. And so therefore they want to react and do something. And we're saying, where's the church? And I'm saying, where's the church? But let's not get too critical and let's not worry about where these people are. Let's actually invite them into the bigger story of the kingdom of heaven. Should we do that? It's an opportunity to create and to bring the narrative of the kingdom of heaven, that God's rule on earth is here to restore and to make all things new. We're not waiting to go to heaven. We're actually bringing heaven here to earth. Hallelujah, Jesus. All right. They may not know the theology, but they do know that all creation is groaning. Is that not scriptural? And waiting for the return of Messiah, Jesus King. When every tear is wiped away, there's no more child abuse, no more injustice, no mistreatment of women. It's a good thing, right? So let's not write them off as secularists. Let's not write these people off as other than those who are yearning to be part of the kingdom story. Why don't you turn around and say hello to the person beside you because my pages are all mixed up. (laughs) Okay, back on track. As you were, as you were, as you were. Steady. Oh, let me just say something because I know that some people will be thinking, is he one of these, does he believe that just all roads lead to heaven? No, 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 no. Let, let me just deal with any confusion this morning, if I can. In case there's any confusion, let me say good works and deeds and awareness of the brokenness of our world does not merit entrance into the kingdom of heaven. Okay? Let me just put that out there. Jesus gave a crystal clear requisite for entering the kingdom of heaven. Didn't he? In John 3, when the smart guy, Nicodemus, comes by night in case anybody sees him, he comes and says, hey, how do I get in? How do I get in and say, I'm, I'm a smart guy like you. I know the same stuff as you, Jesus, me and you, right? Jesus says, unless a man is born again, he cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. And so we know that it's crystal clear that the kingdom of heaven, unless you're born of water and of spirit, I tell you the truth, that no one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born again. So and anyone and everyone who enters the kingdom of will come through the same door as Nicodemus did by faith. 
here endeth the lesson. Creating something better. Creating a better story. And that's what Gibbet Aid on Gannon is all about. We, we're usually quick again to point out the shortcomings of the culture and society we live in. We're art critics, right? And yet we've never created. I, I, I'm an armchair athlete when it comes to Olympic Games. Do you ever do that? You watch the Olympic Games and somebody does a triple, quadruple somersault in the air and flips and sideways and they come down at the end and they land and they go forward one foot and you're sitting there with your coffee and your bag of family size uh, crisp and you're saying, ah, you moved your foot, right? <laughs> I sometimes feel that's what the church of Jesus Christ is like. We're armchair theologians and backstreet doctorates. And we're criticizing culture, and yet we've never created anything beautiful sometimes. And we're quick to, to, to say about artistic trash. But you talk about that, you know what's going to happen? If you're not creating, it's going to fall on deaf ears anyway. Your voice is not heard. Let me just give that out to you, because this is just a smart thing. This is a smart thing. If you're just being critical and you're not creating, if you're being critical and not creating, your, your message is going to fall on deaf ears. You have no voice. You have no voice. Why do you think Mother Teresa could walk in to a president's office and the bast about abortion? I'll tell you why. Because she's the same woman that said, bring them all to me. I'll take care of them. Do you get it? It's why you have a voice. It's why you have a voice. And sometimes our hysterical denunciations are just crazy. And people are all stocked up with crazy. They don't need that anymore. You know, when we criticize Christians in government, I'm probably the biggest critical person when it comes to that. I mean, I've got to admit, I'm not a Trump fan. You probably guessed that, right? Can, how they should function, being concerned, not just... For our rights and the privilege of others, knowing we get caught up in that. But I want, to, I want to ask you something. You see, politics was always God's second best. But people ask for a king when God already gave them the kingdom. You know in that story about the fish and the coin? You know what? And people say to me, oh, well, what about the fish and the coin? You know, that t- talks about politics in our society. No, that's Jesus saying. He says to them, show me the coin. Show me the coin. What do you see on the coin? Caesar. Caesar. Jesus is saying, that's Caesar's head. But I'm able to bring that coin out of a fish's mouth to, 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 to make a statement that the kingdom of heaven is above everything else. And politics is always second best. But let me put it out to, to me, who criticizes a lot when it comes to politics. What are we doing for injustice? What am I doing for unfairness? What am I doing for equality? Where's my voice? Where is my echo so that society can know that it's flawed and broken? So we want to create something better. We want to create a better story, and the story is the kingdom of heaven has come. I remember our first bank holiday here in Dungannon. We had moved up here, and in Dungannon Park, I just couldn't believe it. There was thousands and thousands of people. People think I'm making this story up. There was a bank holiday Monday. There was thousands and thousands of people. This is before Hit the Diff and anything, anybody else that could ever come along. Okay? For all you people listening online, I encourage you to listen to Hit the Diff. 
Uh, so uh, we had this brilliant idea that we just come into town and we were the vineyard, right? And everybody had heard of Causeway Coast and John Wimber and everybody knew the songs and knew the worship and the government or the local council would just be begging for us to show up. So I phoned up the council and said, hey, can we pick up some litter? Some, and we'll just go around and pick litter up on the day. And they said, well, well who are you? I said, excuse me? <laughs> we're kind of a big deal around here. They said, who are you? And well, we're the vineyard. Uh, what will you be doing? Will you be preaching? No, we'll just be picking up litter. Will you, be, will you have anything that will say your vineyard? Oh, yeah, 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 you know, because PR's good. We're, we're pretty slick. We've got wee cards saying, you know, Jesus loves you. Everybody else thinks you. No. We, 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 uh, so I pulled back, I pulled back. And so we said, can we pick up litter? And they said, no. I was raging, raging. How dare they stop the church from picking up litter? Then I felt the father saying, son, remember the story of the wedding and the banquet? When I tell you in that story to take a back seat so that you don't get embarrassed by climbing up the front and then having to go back to the back seat. And then when you take the back seat, it's way cooler. Well, it doesn't say it in the Bible, but I'm just paraphrasing the Jason Scott version. And please don't send me an email if you're listening online. Uh, the, the Jason Scott version is that, hey, it's way cooler to be invited to the front from the back. Isn't it? Yeah, 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 because that's what he does. Uh, we're just servants. We're here to wash the feet of this community and to serve it. And so that's what I learned. I learned, you know what? I can't just criticize. I've got to create. I've got to tell another story. And the story has now moved on to weekly, probably weekly, and on a monthly basis, twice a month anyway. We're in constant conversation with Mid-Ulster Council. How are we going to make this place better? Why? Because we're learning to tell a better story. We're not just showing up and demanding. We're, 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 see, we're only by, part- only, sorry, by participating in modeling that, we can, that w- what we believe can, can and should be done. Only when we start to model what we believe, what can and should be done, will we gain the hearing and actually be an effect, an effective church an effective community when that posture is right. We tell a better story by modeling a better story. And you know what? I love then when we watch and we invite others in to be part of this kingdom story. That's a beautiful thing, right? You doing okay? Can I go for another five? Ten, twenty. We're all hanging out for lunch. Just talk all day, Jason. Let's talk over lunch. You could just, is that what I'm hearing? No, no. First sermon I ever preached, uh, I, probably, I thought I had material for an hour and a half, but I was so nervous I had it all out in 10 minutes. And uh, as a Pentecostal church, and they didn't know what to do with it because, you know, there's 20 songs at the start, and then there's a 45 or an hour preach, and I've done it in 10 minutes, and they're thinking, but it's okay, they didn't pay me, so it wasn't a bad deal for them. But it was on Matthew 25, 31 to 46. Feeding the hungry, giving water to the thirsty, welcoming the stranger, clothing the naked, comforting the sick, and visiting the prisoner. And, and actually, it raised the temperature of the room for some reason. See, wouldn't that be a good starting point for us? Or, or individual that desires to be more kingdom-minded to tell the kingdom story? Would, would, that's just a good start. If you're trying to figure out what we should do, there's a great start right there. Uh, and can I just say this here, guys? Let me just, let's just make this abundantly clear. And I always do this for the council, guys. And anytime we have a conversation, these are not church growth strategies, by the way. All right? 
This will not grow your church. But rather, this is just an extension of what Jesus wants the church to be doing in the world. Do you understand what I'm saying? This isn't to build an empire. This isn't to grow in your church, Dungan. And this is just an extension of what Jesus wants his church to be doing in the world. And something for which we'll give an account for. So it's just, it's just a given. And I'm very much convinced, and please do not be offended, that what we... That we do these acts of mercy not to convert others, by the way, but because we ourselves have been converted. That's the difference, right? I love this family called Vineyard. I love it, love it, love it, love it. You are feeding, providing clean water, clothing, welcoming the stranger, bringing comfort. Thank you, thank you, thank you. This week we had, I think it was 10 uh, Syrian refugees come to our food bank this week. Isn't that cool? And they're not from Dungannon, actually. They're from another part. But the word has got out that there's a place that's feeding people, and it's near them, so they bring them here. I love it. You see, when you, when you start to have solutions, you start to find problems coming your way, and that's a good thing. So thank you. Thank you for those who collected the food on the Tuesday and the Thursday night. Really appreciate you doing that. That helps us feed people, and thank you always to our volunteers who show up each and every week. But I love that we do that. I love how you're bringing comfort to the mourning and to the grieving. You're visiting those who need to experience God's touch. You're doing that. I'm not doing it all. You're doing it. We're the church. You get to do it. Remember the wristbands? Remember you had that push? What was that? Pray until something happens. And then the, the, the big one, that was just... Friggin', who ever came up with that? I wish I had the idea. It must have sold a fortune. WWJD. Eh? And some of you are thinking WWKD. No, no, WWJD. <laughs> what would Jesus do? I never wore any of those because you, you, you hang yourself out to dry. You're making a rod for your back. You flip somebody off in a car and you've got that there wristband around you. They, you I mean, I mean, I, I know how this works. I remember one time driving up Cookstown. For all you love the Cookstown people, not that I'm picking on you, Keith and Esther, but you're just looking right. And I was, you know the way you shouldn't do the U-turn up past where you work? I went up and I did the U-turn. It's about, he's giving me the fingers out the back of the bus. And I look at the back of the bus and there's this big bus. Jesus, smile. Jesus loves you. <laughs> WWJD. What would Jesus do? It's a good question, but to determine what Jesus would do, we must look and see what he did. What he did. You know, you don't have to, you don't have to figure out the question. You don't have to figure out the answer. What would Jesus do? do what, do, what would Jesus do? You don't have to try and figure that out, you know. Oh, what would Jesus do in this situation? What would Jesus do in this situation? Run! <laughs> uh, what would Jesus do in this situation? What did Jesus do? Have a look. There's enough there to get on with. There's enough there to get on with. What would Jesus, what did he do? He, we see him looking at a community of people with compassion. That's what he did. So there you go. Look at a community with compassion. Not with critical or sneering or, or cynicism. But look at it with compassion in your heart that Jesus is ready. You see, the love of God is spread, spread abroad in your heart. Did you know that you have enough? You have enough in you. He's given you the wonderful Holy Spirit. He's given you the Spirit of Christ. You have enough. You have enough. Look and see what he did. We see him disrupt the tired. 
We see him disrupt the, the worn out ways in which things had always been done. The law. Right? We see him meeting physical needs while engaging spiritual needs. We see him do it all. Jesus clearly fueled the world through the kingdom. Through the kingdom. And that's what we want to do. We're getting to the end of it. <laughs> Wrong response. Let's tell a more compelling story. How compelling is it when we tell a kingdom story rather than just a simply a vineyard story? I ain't here to sell the vineyard. I'm not here to persuade anybody to be part of the vineyard. We're a community of family and people come and join us and be part of it. They're born again by the Spirit of God and rebirth into the church. And I love it that we become family. But I'm not out to proclaim vineyard. I'm here to proclaim the kingdom of God has come. It is here and it's now. And so when we tell the kingdom story, it's way more attractive. Do you know what I love telling stories when I'm out and about? I love bragging when we go places. And uh, I might get you to talk among yourselves again. I love it when we um, start to panic. Please, because this is a really good part of the talk. <laughs> yeah, page seven and eight, we're there. Only two more pages, but they're very full pages. And so I love it when I go places and I talk about you guys on your generosity. And I don't talk about church stories. I talk about stories outside the church. I talk about the wells that are being dug in India, the toilets that are being set up, the microfinance businesses that are happening. I talk about you feeding people that never come through the, these doors on a Sunday morning. I talk about the Syrian refugees come here and we go in there and we have food and we dance and we look all ridiculous, but it's a great party, right? That's what the kingdom of heaven looks like here on earth. It, 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 it's multifaceted, isn't it? It's multifaceted. And I love it when we tell the kingdom story instead of the vineyard Story. If you want to tell a vineyard story, go ahead, knock yourself out. But I want you to tell a more compelling story. And the more compelling story is the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God. And when we talk about generosity, it's not about building a big church or a big empire. It's building a better community all the time. That's what we want to do. I ain't interested in building a big community or a big church. It ain't my job anyway. Jesus said he will build the church and the gates of hell will not stand against it. If you want to become part of some flashy uh, uh, cool vibe of a big church there's plenty of them in northern ireland go knock yourself out but if you want to become part of something that's building a better community here near and far i would encourage you to be involved in this family to give yourself to give your money to give your talents and show up and not criticize but model what and reflect and let the echoes of heaven resound here near and far you want to be part of that then this is a place for you this is a, oh wow you need a clap yeah 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 I would say that's a mercy clap. I would say that's a mercy clap, but I'll take it. I take, I take anything that I get from you people. I am so needy. I am so insecure. I'll take anything at all from you people. Yes, yes. Okay. A story that changes the world. What is the story we've been telling? Often the story presents the gospel as a rescuing force as opposed to an empowering force. And it is the rescue, but it's also the empowering, right, in our lives. So often we've brought the message of Jesus as a, as a call to safety and refuge, rather than a call to adventure. Have you read the book? Have you met Jesus? See, the problem with Jesus is that he's alive. And the problem with my friend, the Holy Spirit, is he shows up here, there, and everywhere. He loves to do stuff. And sometimes he doesn't ask permission. It's like an elephant coming into your living room. Are you going to tell it where to sit? That's what the kingdom of heaven should be like. An elephant coming into your living room. 
I'll have a seat here. No, 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 I'll just sit wherever I want. Crash. See, it's not a call to safety. Jesus really was. And, and he, was, he wasn't somebody who was wrecking his life, he, but he was full on. He was full on. He was full on. He never, tired to, he never tried to persuade or sell a vision. Do you know that? He never did. He just showed up and brought, brought a message. He brought a challenge. Of course he brought a challenge, but he never tried to sell anything. He didn't try to market anything. He just showed up and brought the kingdom, and things would change all around him. He did nothing less than call people to follow him in his kingdom ventures. You know what? He's still doing the same today. That's the problem with him. He never knows when to lay it down. Still a central message. It's the kingdom of heaven. See, I once believed that if I got... Just got a person saved and come to church that I change the world and that would change the world. But I, again, no offense, but that's not happening. The gospel of the kingdom and the gospel of salvation are, are both conversions, but one is different from the other. If you're interested in getting somebody saved and a gospel of conversion, you know, what you're saying is it's done and dusted in that moment. But the conversion of a kingdom, somebody who is reborn by the Spirit of God into the kingdom of God, to see the kingdom of God, well then, that's a whole different gospel altogether. That's a gospel uh, that engages comprehensively and holistically with the entire person and the community. And that's something worth giving your life to. It, 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 there's a scent of the kingdom. Did you know there's a scent of the kingdom? You know, there's a, you, ever, you ever go through, I love, you know, I just love Joe Malone. Well, I just put him right there. I mean, I think that's what Jesus Smells like when he shows up in the room. It just offended a whole bunch of people right there and there. But there's a fragrance of the kingdom, you see. There's a fragrance of Jesus. You see, our job is to spread the aroma of Jesus everywhere. Corinthians. That's what we've got to do. We've got to spread. And I want there to be a, 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 a smell, a, a sense, a holistic sense that, that smells like Matthew 25. You go home and read that today. You aren't fighting culture, church. We're creating a kingdom culture by letting the gospel engage every domain of human humanity. Health, education, economics, communication, art, agriculture, on point, and so on. Stand. Let's stand. Thank you for your patience. For those who are visiting us, we'll be better next week. <laughs> we say that every week. Um, and Bono's coming again next week. We also say that too. Let me... Is it okay if I read scripture over you as you're standing? If you're too tired, feel free to sit down. Let me read scripture over you. I just get a sense from the Father... This last couple of weeks, you'll have, you'll have heard me say constantly about this, the scripture where we're the light on a hill. That I just get a sense that God's not going to be hiding us. It's never his desire to hide us. Let me, give you, let me give you this scripture. Let me read it over you. And maybe you could just even put your hands out if it's a posture. Um, once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins... You used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil. 
the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He's the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. Our, by our very nature, we, we were subject to God's wrath and anger, just like everyone else. And what he's saying is once you used to go along with the crowd, you could only repeat and produce what the culture around you produced, right? That's what he's saying. Then he said this. Here's my blessing to us as a church this morning. But God, so rich in mercy. And he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. God made you alive. God makes you alive this morning. God makes you alive this morning. God made you alive. This is, this is God breathing on creation from the beginning of the world. And on Pentecost Sunday, he breathes again. And he brings life to you so that you would bring life to others. And so, on Pentecost Sunday, receive the Holy Spirit. Breathe, Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, now. Let your freshness, your breath come across this room right now. Receive the breath of life.